When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, this is Justin Williams with the Wolfpacker Podcast. I'm joined today, as always, by editor of thewolfpacker.com and co-host Matt Carter. And today we're going to talk about the 2022 football schedule. The ACC released NC State and the rest of the league's 2022 football schedule here just yesterday at the end of January. Today is February 1st. We're also going to touch on a little bit of NC State hoops, but we won't dwell. We won't dwell. Things have been better around the PNC arena, but we will get to that because I'm sure the loyal listeners at home want to hear what we think about last weekend's debacle in Chapel Hill. But uh, before we get into all that good stuff, quick reminders for the listeners and viewers at home, please remember to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast wherever you listen to us. We're on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you listen to podcasts. And we're also on YouTube. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already. You can always watch these podcasts on our YouTube channel. Um... So, you know, if you're at work, you're bored, you want to listen to some NC State sports talk, just pull up another browser, open up a tab, make sure you follow the Wolfpacker YouTube account and uh, get to listening. That's that's the way I know a lot of people do it. Uh, and then other than that, last reminder, go to thewolfpacker.com right now. Take advantage of a special deal the On3 Network has going on at thewolfpacker.com and network-wide, just for, for just a dollar, you get a year's worth of premium subscription to the On3 Network, which includes all of the great work that Matt Carter does over at thewolfpacker.com. So for the latest and greatest football recruiting, basketball recruiting, football, men's basketball, women's basketball, wrestling, everything, everything NC State sports, go to thewolfpacker.com, take out your wallet, spend that dollar, and then you will be the most informed Wolfpack fan in your circle for the next year at least. All right, Matt, let's... uh, Let's talk about this football schedule. I'm sure there's a lot of Wolfpack fans at home licking their chops, looking at the podcast title, thinking, thank God these guys are going to talk about football so we can take a break from basketball for a second. We will touch on that later, but the football schedule release is out. Matt, were you able to get any sleep um, Sunday night <laughs> before the much-anticipated schedule reveal? I know it's it's one of your favorite days of the year, so... Um, just, you, you know, your thoughts going into schedule release, how excited you were for the schedule release and, uh, your first impressions now that you've taken a look at NC state schedule in 2022. Yeah. And I do like schedules and actually Justin would probably tell you, I think he knows this about me. Um, I even tried to do digging on the basketball schedule. Like I'm trying to figure out who the opponents are and what they might be. I mean, I've always just liked scheduling. It gives you something to look forward to, I guess. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, no, I did get a good amount of sleep. I uh, probably could have taken a nap before the the ACC Network show unveiling the schedule, seeing how long they dragged it out. Um, oh, quick quick question on that, Matt. I'm so, sorry to interrupt, but did the ACC Network show teach anything? Because I, I saw the NC State schedule posted on Twitter earlier in the day. Was there anything new that we learned from that show? 
Yeah, so here's the story behind that. That was not supposed to get out earlier in the day. That was a, a mistake tweet by uh, an assistant coach at NC State. I think they had given some graphics out for the coaches to kind of tweet out once the announcement is made. And, uh, and uh, so it was obviously a mistake. The, the tweet got immediately deleted. Uh, I don't know what happened. I'm just going to take a wild guess that maybe the coach didn't uh, understand everything about the timing of the release. But in Twitter world, having something deleted within 10 to 15 minutes is, is too late. And so, yeah, that was the schedule you saw on Twitter making the round with the graphic, which it was absolutely the graphic that was designed to go for the schedule release. And, uh, yeah, made it easy for me to get a story prepared <laughs> because I knew, I knew what was happening. But, uh, oops. So in terms of <laughs> NC State, in terms of NC State, all you learned was okay, it's correct. Yeah, which I, I had a good feeling and, and good reason to believe it was. But uh, by the time if you were a fan and you had uh, tw the tweet up on the computer and they got to Clemson and you saw that was the first ACC game, you're like, yeah, okay, I already know the schedule. Uh, yeah, yeah. You basically you're learning the other other team schedule, but boy, did they drag it out. Man, week by week, jeez. Well, I'd this like to give a forever. I'd like to give a shout out to that assistant coach. We don't have to name whoever it is. I, you know, we don't want anybody to get in trouble here. But there needs to be more of these schedule leaks before these shows. Now, I should be careful what I say now that I'm in the television production business. <laughs> but man, these schedule release shows are just like watching paint dry. I'll I'll look at the tweet an hour later. I'm fine with that. But anyways, let's <laughs> let's talk about the schedule. I've got it pulled up here, Matt. Um, so spring game in April, no surprise there should be fun. Hopefully good weather in Raleigh, but the Wolfpack will start the real season in September in Greenville at East Carolina starts a four game non-conference slate that begins on the road at East Carolina. That's NC state's only road non-conference game. Then the pack will play Charleston Southern Texas tech and Yukon in three back to back to back weeks at Carter Finley stadium before they get into ACC play. So I guess before we get into the rest of the schedule, Matt, what do you think about the non-conference slate? Do you like the fact that it's, you know, four games in a row, you're not going to play any conference games before you finish your non-conference slate. Um, and you know, what of those four games, maybe which one um, should NC state fans have the most, not reason for concern, but w where should NC state really be, paying attention and, and be careful because I see a couple games where there could be opportunities. Yeah, I think it's clearly uh, you're looking at two games in the non-conference. And, you know, the non-conference games were scheduled so far out. Um, you know, people are like, oh, another, you know, they may say, oh, NC State scheduled softly or this and that and this. Um, yeah, that, that that's probably not fair because – you know, who knew that Connecticut, when you scheduled Connecticut, would have fallen down to be one of the worst football programs and football bowl subdivisions. So you didn't know that at the time. Like South Florida this past year, when you scheduled South Florida, you're thinking you're getting a good, solid mid-major team at home. Um, yeah, Connecticut is a total rebuild. They do have a nice head coach who they just hired. Very famous name. I can't pronounce it very well, but... It, Jim Mora Jr., 
I think it's how, you know, the son of the former NFL coach, yeah, uh, former NFL coach himself and UCLA coach. Um, but it's going to take him a while. And obviously, Charlton shoving. I hate the FCS games. I always have, always will. I get why they're there, but. Uh, so really, you're looking at, at East Carolina and Texas Tech at home. Both those teams qualified for bowls. Unfortunately, ECU had its bowl game canceled. Um, Texas Tech crushed Mississippi State in the Liberty Bowl, um, even though they have a new head coach. Um, oh, they, they, I think they fired their head coach and brought in a new head coach. So, look, Texas Tech is a very credible opponent. Uh, they hired the offensive coordinator from Western Kentucky, who apparently is known for throwing the football a hundred million times a game. So expect an air show when they come to Raleigh. They went seven and six. They played in the Big 12. So it's been a long time since NC State had a power five opponent with good weather play at quite a friendly stadium. So I would say that, um, watch the tropics or something like that during the early September to see if there's something forming because, you know, West Virginia was canceled because of a hurricane. Mississippi State was canceled because of a pandemic. Uh, Notre Dame was played in a hurricane. So you have to go back to like 2009 for a Power 5 team to have played a, a reasonable weather game in Carter Friendly Stadium. And then NC State's only one and four all time at East Carolina in Greenville. Mm. So that's not exactly a place they've had a lot of success. Mike Houston's done a nice job at ECU rebuilding it. Um, they, they've become a respectable mid-major. They're not a great mid-major yet, but they do have their quarterback back. Colton Naylor's been there for like a hundred, five, six years now. Interesting story on Holton Naylor's. He was the quarterback they originally wanted in the class where they ended up offering later and getting a commitment from a guy named Devin Leary. So if it had turned out differently, if Holt Naylor's had picked NC State, his dad is the PA announcer at East Carolina. Uh, he was from Greenville, so you understand why he ultimately stuck with the hometown Pirates. But there was a time there where Ayler's looked like he was really close to going to NC State. And uh, had he picked NC State, Devin Leary never would have been at NC State. So, interesting story there. But those are the two games you look at. On paper, I think NC State, without having dived into it too much, looks really good in those games. Uh, you would think that NC State should emerge from that 4-0. and uh, And then you're hoping that uh, maybe Clemson has emerged undefeated as well. Uh, maybe. I hadn't looked at the other games that week, but maybe that October 1st game might be something that would interest ESPN and uh, game day crew down in Death Valley. Well, the fact that it's down in Death Valley probably adds some points. You know, if it had, had if the games played in Raleigh, game day typically finds a way to uh, to find another place to go. But, you know, just a couple, couple initial quick thoughts on the non-conference schedule. I mean... The schedule, it's hard for me to get too excited about the schedule releases because we already knew who NC State's opponents were going to be this year. We knew who they were going to play on the road and who they were going to play at home. It was just the matter of the order. So talking about the order specifically, I like that NC State gets the road test at East Carolina to start the season. 
Whereas, you know, if you flip-flop the Charleston Southern game as the as the season opener and then you played at East Carolina in week two, that just complicates things because, you know, you're already kind of looking ahead to at ECU, not saying that NC State would have any trouble with Charleston Southern. They shouldn't. But, you know, if you go to East Carolina in week two, maybe East Carolina learns some things in week one. They're able to adjust. NC State has to put some film on, you know, some current film that ECU would be able to watch. They're going to only have what they had last year to look at, both both teams, both coaches. It's always tough to go play in Greenville. Expect a sold-out crowd in Dowdy Ficklin Stadium. There's nothing more that the Pirates love to gather around and, and rally behind than, than a home game against NC State and hopefully beating NC State in football. They, you know, that's, that's their big rival. So um, that's the one that, that, that gives me pause. I think if NC State can win that game and, and win it somewhat convincingly, I think that confidence propels them to, to kind of just sweep through this non-conference slate. Don't know what you get in Texas Tech. I mean, you expect a Big 12 team that's probably going to be good offensively, poor defensively. Texas Tech clearly handled Mississippi State solidly in the bowl game. That's something NC State couldn't say last year. They, they struggled against Mississippi State down in Starkville. Yeah. But, you know, you got to take the bowl games with a grain of salt. I can't remember off the top of my head if Mississippi State had any opt-outs or, or Texas that, Tech. Well, yeah, that would, that would... Uh, Mike Leach. That would the caveat of... Um... They had they were missing a lot of players on defense because that was right when the uh, Omicron variant was starting to spread. Mississippi uh, State was. Yeah, they had COVID issues. Yeah, and so they were missing a lot of key players on defense uh, because of COVID. So there is a kind of a you know caveat to that bowl game. I mean, short of any surprises, you'd expect Texas Tech to be anywhere from a six and six to a. Eight and four, nine and three squad at the end of the year. You know, may, maybe, maybe best case scenario, they end up a ranked team at the end of the year. That helps build NC State's resume. But yeah, you know, it's going to be a quality Power Five opponent. The away game at East Carolina still gives me more reason for concern, just because it's the season opener. But but I'm happy that it is the season opener because look at the way NC State's performed in season openers past. They're a team that comes in ready. I mean, NC State played one of its <laughs> best games in the season opener last year. I know it's against USF. I know it's a terrible opponent, but they came out. I mean, the first half, it was just pure confidence. I mean, they just blew out USF. They didn't even give USF any opportunity to make a game of that. You think back to the year before, NC State wins that uh, shootout against Wake Forest at home. Really propels the momentum for the rest of the season, I thought, in, in 2020. Um but let's get to let's get to the conference schedule because I think this is where it gets really interesting. NC State opens up that conference schedule after the September non-con slate at Clemson, October first. Then travels to Florida or then plays Florida State at home, hosts Florida State at home. Travels to the Carrier Dome at Syracuse by week before hosting Virginia Tech on a Thursday, and then you get an elongated week before hosting the Wake Forest Demon Deacons at home. I think that's where we'll stop before we finish the rest of the schedule. But but the biggest question for me here, Matt, is is how do you like how do you like that NC State has Clemson to start off the conference slate? Because it, it clearly worked out in NC State's favor in twenty twenty one, but that game was played in Raleigh. So it, would you rather yeah. have them to start conference play or would you rather have them sometime, you know, 
mid to late October. Uh, yeah, I don't know if it really matters this year. Yeah, you know, I, I, I know the convention will wisdom, obviously, sooner rather rather than later. But um, I guess I would say sooner because that lessens the chance of injuries for your end. That you'll have more plays available for that for that game. Uh, you know that I think last year was unique where we talked about where you wanted Clemson earlier in the schedule um, because you knew that Clemson had so many new pieces on offense that it may take a while for them to kind of figure things out. And that proved to be the case. They obviously did not figure things out until very, very late in the season. Um, So this year, I don't know if that matters. They should have a lot of guys back on offense this year to, uh, you know, it's all about their quarterback confident and ready to go or not and you know maybe if he struggles the first couple games that helps you out but I'm not sure it makes a difference I'm surprised it's early though because I thought the ACC would kind of want to stack those games late in the year like they did this year with Clemson and she stayed in Wake Forest probably going to be the three teams at the top of the Atlantic again I thought that they might stack those games instead Clemson gets they get Wake Forest and NC State in back-to-back weeks so they'll know how they probably stand in the Atlantic very very quickly and what they need and what won't they not may not need so that kind of surprised me real quick I, I looked at uh that date October 1st um it's a real chance if both those teams are undefeated that's a game day I'll just say that. That's a real – unless LSU pulls off a surprise under Brian Kelly in year one, um, they play Auburn that weekend. But But Auburn probably won't be ranked at that point. I think either one of those teams are expected to be powerhouses next year. And, you know, from the sounds of it, LSU had a bit of a rebuilding job. So – That'll be interesting. Uh, maybe if Florida State can give the ACC some favors and beat L, I think Florida State was playing LSU in one of their early games. So yeah. Maybe maybe Florida State knocks off LSU and makes sure that, uh, and then NC State and Clemson take care of business. And that could be prime time marquee game of the week on October first. I mean, from the NC State perspective, I I think it. it if you're NC State, I think you like the where this Clemson game sits more than Clemson likes where it sits, just because NC State's going to be going into that game coming off of the UConn week. Again, you know, NC State's going to say they take it game by game. They've got to focus on the opponent at hand. But if UConn rolls into Carter-Friendly Stadium coming off of three back-to-back, you know, 30-point-plus losses, I think it's fair to say that the, the game prep for Clemson might start a little bit early. Um Whereas Clemson's not going to be able to afford to look ahead to NC State because they have one of their toughest tests of the season in Winston-Salem the week before. Not that that's going to be a physical game for Clemson, but it could be, you know, an exhausting shootout. Or, you know, if, if, if they if they win by a small margin, you know, maybe it... I think that's probably the best result NC State could hope for, that Clemson wins by a small margin. You never really want to catch Clemson coming off a loss. Um, so it could go both ways there, but 
you hope that Wake Forest gives them a good game, maybe even takes them to overtime, and then somehow the Tigers find a way to win that game. Uh, another quick note while I'm looking at Clemson's schedule, Clemson's crossover opponents in the Coastal are Miami and Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech game obviously doesn't give Clemson too much reason for concern, but the Miami game will be played in Clemson, but Miami should be pretty good this year. That mm-hmm. That's going to be a tough game for Clemson, and not only that, Clemson has to go to South Bend and play Notre Dame this season as well. That won't count as a conference game, of course, but uh, the Tigers don't have an easy slate this year by any means. Um, let's look at the rest of the schedule here. Oh, uh, before I do, what do you think about the bye week before the Virginia Tech Wake Forest back-to-back? I mean, it's, it seems to me that you almost get kind of a two-for-one bye week because you get the bye week before the Thursday game. Your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, what stands out to me, too, is that this schedule is um, balanced, I guess. The, you know, NC State had not had multiple games in October. I put it in my 10 observations. Let me look at it real quick. But um, they had not had multiple games in October in a long time. Home games, I should say. 2016 was the last time they played uh, more than one home game in October. And that's been an, an issue. That's been something that NC State kind of voiced displeasure about. Of basically going a month without a home game at times. Um, so I, I like uh, I like that the fact that it's a little bit more balanced. I like you know the bye week and right in the middle of the season. That's perfect. Um, that's probably right when you need it. And then also, if you look at it, it comes after the Clemson game. Then you have Florida State at home, and then you have a tricky game at Syracuse after those two emotional games. You know, if you're able to navigate that. Um, that's a good time to have a refresher, kind of refresh yourself, go to the fair, have a good time for a little time, a little bit, and then jump back into uh, Virginia Tech. And what I also like is give you a weekend to get ready for Wake Forest and what could be a huge game in Raleigh. Uh, when is that? October 29th? No, uh, November, 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 November 5th. November 5th. Yeah, so that's a huge game setting up in Raleigh on November 5th. And you get a little few, a couple extra days to, to get ready for it. Listen to Matt Carter try to flex his muscle on memorizing the schedule less than one day after the release. Uh, you'll have it, you'll have it by the end of the day. Honestly, knowing, I'm, I'm knowing sure. Matt, uh, he's he 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 remembers the schedule like photographic memory. All right, well, getting to the conclusion of the schedule, I've already mentioned nine of the 12 games, but NC State's November slate, of course, we already mentioned that starts with Wake Forest at home. Going to have 10 days rest going into that game uh, because the Virginia Tech game before is on a Thursday night. Uh, speaking of which, Virginia Tech should be having a rebuilding year this year, so it's, it's nice that NC State gets Virginia Tech as the coastal crossover. You would think having that game at home on a Thursday night Close, as close to an automatic crossover coastal win as you could have you know, at this point in February. Um, moving on, Boston College comes to Raleigh November 12th, and then NC State will finish off the season with two road games at Louisville on November 19th. And then, of course, NC State will travel to Keenan Stadium to face the Tar Heels on Friday, Black Friday, November 25th, the day after Thanksgiving. 
Um, just your thoughts on, on the back-to-back road games to end the season. You already looking ahead to that North Carolina game, <laughs> thinking NC State, you know, if NC State has the makings of a special season, well, there could be a lot, a lot of weight going into that Black Friday game against North Carolina. So just, just your thoughts on, on those three games to end the year for the pack. Yeah, I like that Boston College is at home. I think Boston College was probably better than what they showed this year. Uh, I think they just things just didn't go their way. Um, but is Djokovic coming back? Yes. So Phil Djokovic decided to use the super senior year. So I wouldn't be surprised if BC is a bounce back type of team. Um, getting them at home, I think, is a nice, a nice thing this year. Um, that's going to be a challenge in the last two games of the year. I mean, nobody enjoyed defending Malik Cunningham at Louisville, and he's back for another year. He uh, decided to come back. You know, he's probably the most dangerous quarterback in the ACC. That Louisville has a lot of other holes, but what they do have going for him is, is an, an excellent, dangerous quarterback. And then obviously... It was nice to beat UNC this year. Don't get me wrong. It was unbelievable how it happened, but we can't ignore the fact that it was a bit of a miraculous ending with an onside kick and a blown cover and a couple of 15-yard penalties on UNC after the onside kick recovery. Um, you know, it's not like NC State walked the dog with UNC. So, um, it would be a mistake to chalk that up as a, a should win, must win. UNC has a lot of question marks. They're kind of the, the wild card for me on the schedule. Of, uh, I just don't know what to expect. We don't know what they're going to have with a new quarterback and all that. But let's say they kind of go through a year similar to this past one. And if NC State's having a special year, wouldn't surprise me if Keenan Stadium had a heck of a lot of red the day after Thanksgiving uh, might negate a little bit some of that home field advantage. Well, and who knows Who knows where UNC is going to be at this point in the season. I mean, I think, I think the expectations will be for UNC to be a bowl team this year, but of course losing Sam Howell is a massive departure for them. Um, so we'll see. I mean, you know, you, if you're if you're using the logic of 2021, the UN, the road game at UNC would be one of the tougher games on the schedule. But I don't know if you've already ranked the opponents yet. I'm sure that's a story idea you'll be doing soon enough if you haven't already, Matt. But but North Carolina to me, just on initial impression, I mean, I'd probably put them at at highest the fourth toughest game of the year. Uh, at, at just at sitting here at this point in February. I don't know what you think about that, um, but just the fact that you know UNC could be rebuilding and also the fact that the, going to Chapel Hill, y- you won't have the home field advantage of Carter-Friendly Stadium, but it's never a, uh, it's never a tough place to play like Death Valley. I mean, there's going to be plenty of Wolfpack fans there. It's not like NC State's going to be out of its element. So... Um, where, where, where would you, I guess, maybe your top, your three toughest games, what, what, what would those be for you? I think you have to start with Clemson on the road, obviously, and then Wake Forest at home. Uh, after that, I think it's kind of a toss-up. You could make a case for Louisville on the road. Uh, made a bowl game this year. 
maybe the most dangerous quarterback in the ACC. Uh, you can make a case for UNC. You just don't know what their quarterback situation is. If they have a competent quarterback, uh, they'll be a bowl team this year, again, on the road. Um, then you can make Florida State is a sneaky team. They've been very aggressive in the transfer portal. When Jordan Travis was at quarterback, they did much better. NC State, you know, fortunately for the Wolfpack, didn't have to play Jordan Travis when Last they beat him in yeah, so that's kind of interesting there. Um, Texas Techs, their bowl team that won a bowl game, new coach. Um, so it's kind of, yeah, and BC as well. So, yeah, yeah, there are a handful. The, the games that stand out are Clemson and Wake, and then you have a handful of games that you look at and say, yeah. Probably like entry state chances, but you can't chalk them. And then you have a series of games that you could say, yeah, you know, entry state should win. Um, I think the schedule's tougher this year. Um, but the one thing I, I, another thing that I like about it from the NC State perspective, NC State's only going to have to get a, get on a plane twice this season. You look at the road games. There's five road games at East Carolina. That's a bus ride at Clemson. That's a bus ride. At North Carolina, that's a bus ride. So you're looking at Louisville, and you're looking at Syracuse as the only true road trips. Um, I mean, you know, I, I don't think these guys are phased by getting on a plane. It certainly wasn't the case last year. NC State was pretty good on the road. Um, but, you know, that being said, maybe the lack of – if you take a bus, maybe you don't have to spend a whole day of travel. Maybe it's just a half day, and maybe you get to prepare a little bit more for opponent. Just It's the little things when you're talking about a schedule release. But uh, I guess just a closing thought on the schedule. Do you think this schedule is tougher than last year's? I think it uh, – so I, yeah, I'm looking at crossovers. Yeah, Texas Tech beat Mississippi State in the bowl, but that wasn't 100% Mississippi State team. Plus, Texas Tech comes to Raleigh which is playing at the Cowbells of Mississippi State and all that. So probably a little bit more challenging at Mississippi State. Um, you know, you're, you're flip-flopping the road at home with Clemson and Wake Forest. Probably a little bit more challenging playing at Clemson than it was at Wake Forest, even though NC State lost at Wake Forest. Uh, and Winston-Salem is a house of horrors for Wake Forest. So... That's another one that's probably yeah, a wasp, maybe slightly harder this year. Um, at East Carolina, certainly harder than Louisiana Tech or, uh, or uh, South Florida, but not a whole lot. Uh, and then you have uh, the crossover you know, at Miami last year, certainly tougher than potentially Virginia Tech at home Yep. this year. Yeah, I think it's about par. I think it's, you know, that some of the teams could be better, too, in the Atlantic, like Boston College and Louisville. Yeah, and Florida State. And Florida State, but to get Florida State at home, you do get BC at home. So I I would say it's about even. That's my okay. cop-out answer. About even with last year. Fair enough. I mean, when it when it all comes down to it, it, re it really does end up being even. But I, I guess, you know, the fact that you have to go to Greenville to play ECU, I mean, I think that can't. Because if NC State was playing ECU in, in Raleigh, you, you go ahead and you almost pencil that in as a W. The fact that they have to go to Greenville makes it 
an interesting game for me. Um, you know, beyond that, I, I think the Atlantic will be better than it was last year, and it was already good last year. I don't think Wake's going to have too much drop-off. Uh, I think Clemson's going to be better. I think Louisville's going to be better. I think Boston College is going to be better because they're going to, you know, you'd think that they're going to be healthier. Um, so, again, I just think NC State's going to have more tests in the Atlantic maybe than it did last year. Not to say that it wasn't challenged, but uh, that's enough scheduled talk for now. We've already teased talking about hoops, so let's get into it and, and wrap up this podcast this way. As everyone who's watching this podcast knows, Obviously, there was the debacle in Chapel Hill, NC State losing to UNC in the first meeting of the year in men's basketball, 100-80 to on Saturday in the Dean Dome. The last time we talked about hoops on this podcast, Matt, it was right before the Notre Dame game. NC State went up to South Bend, led the Fighting Irish for, what, about half that game, I'd say. I mean, it was a pretty competitive basketball game, back and forth. NC State made its runs. Notre Dame made its runs in the end. Notre Dame comes away with the home win, but when we're talking about Notre Dame, we're talking about a potential tournament team here. We're talking about one of the better teams in the ACC this year. Not the same conversation when we talk about NC State, and of course, NC State probably, yeah, I think definitely it's fair to say that it had its worst ACC performance against the Tar Heels on Saturday, and of course, that stings double because it's against the guys in light blue, but but the way I'm looking at this, Matt, and I think you, we've, we were talking about this before the show similarly, um, I, I think you're on the same pro- thought process here, but the moment I saw the tweet that Roy Williams was going to be honored at halftime of the NC State game, that was an uh-oh moment. Because I th- you, you subtract the Roy Williams honoring and the reunion of the 82 team and You've got Michael freaking Jordan on the sideline. Every every everyone knows who he is. And it was just it was you could tell. I obviously wasn't there, obviously watching it on TV, but it looked like an electric Dean Dome, something that I don't think would have been the case had there not been the uh, outside the game festivities. UNC fans obviously interested in basketball but it's not a it's not a traditional unc competing for a final four season there is some apathy there matt you told me before this podcast unc is still yet to sell out a home men's basketball game this season and they still didn't do it with the roy williams rollout but you were there in chapel hill matt um how long did it take you to realize that that this was not going to be a good afternoon for the wolf pack uh, uh, probably when Lukey Black hit a three, because uh, yeah, he only dunked it against NC State. But uh, that's that's when you knew. That's when you when a guy look. We'll dive into basketball again soon enough, and we'll get into the three point shooting defense. There are, I believe, some issues with the three point shooting defense. That's fair to say. You also don't expect a team, even if they're open, to make eight of their first 10 threes and be shooting 10 or 15 at halftime or whatever it was. Um, so it was just a lights out performance. You know, Michael Jordan apparently spoke to the team before the game, and those players know what uh, NC State means to Roy Williams. And uh, Hubert Davis probably made it all clear to him during the week we're not losing this game when. Uh, Roy Williams there and 
Yeah, they were bragging at halftime about how Roy Williams was 33-5 and all time against NC State and, and all this stuff. I would say I didn't, it may have been electric on TV. It was, it was not electric in person. It was slow warming up. I think I told you that. I, I did. I was... I, I, Rolls reverse PNC arena would, I think, been twice as loud as what I was hearing at the Dean Dome. Um, but... Yeah, it was just, it was difficult to watch because you know the other team was having so much fun and having such a festive day at your expense, and it was already setting up that way. And then to add to it, they had a light shout shooting performance, and so you have to labor through that, labor through all the other other stuff, and it just made for a, you know they were having a lot of fun. More power to them. That that yeah, NC State would have done the same. It's if from your perspective at, at, at NC State, it's just a no. It's not fun to have a lot of fun being had at your expense, and that's what happened. NC, um, but you know when your best player doesn't show, and C. Brian just didn't have his game. I don't know what it was, why it was, how it was, whatever. He, and there's been a lot of talk about the fact that he got benched for the final 14, uh, 16 minutes of the game or whatever it was. Yeah, Whether he should have come back into the game or not, that's another story. But the bottom line was he just didn't have it up to that point. And don't know why that was, but when he's not in the game and into the game, then NC State's not going to win. So even if UNC was shooting more average, yeah, it was going to be tough without Seaborn putting on a Seaborn like performance. So I think the important thing to remember is this has been a tough season. It was always known to be a possibility, especially when Manny Bates pulled up one minute into the opener. Uh, but don't let this game yet, at least misconstrue of how this season has gone. This is still a team that's been very competitive in most of the games. You mentioned Notre Dame. That game turned on like an 18-2 to two run in the second half. I hate to go all Bajelic math, but this one's more relevant than what Jeff Bajelic would do at Wake Forest when a team would lose by 30 points and he would say, take out the two runs where they outscored us by 40 points, we would have been right there. I mean, NC State got to lead back down to five after it fell down by 10. It was just a one five-minute stretch that did him in in that particular game. So it's still been competitive. Let's see how they respond to UNC. This is the first time this year that they got, you know, they got they got stomped. Call it for what it was. It wasn't a 20-point game. It was higher than that. It was much more lopsided. So they, let's see how they respond. That, that's the key. That's the test. Syracuse had its best game of the year against Wake Forest, so you know they're coming in hot. Let's see how NC State responds. It's all about matchups, and I think I said it on the last podcast, I didn't like the matchup with UNC, particularly in the Dean Dome. Um, You know, I think it could be a a much different story when UNC comes to PNC Arena in February. UNC is a team that you look at, they're still undefeated at home. They're, They're a great home team. They're a bad road team. So, you know, for, for them, they're going to have to be able to prove it on the road. They're going to have to take their show on the road. And for them, they're going to have to pick up some more quality mm-hmm. wins. Because, um, you know. Yeah, that's the thing about they are undefeated at home, but they haven't really beaten 
anybody of substance at home. I've never seen, you know, if you would have told me that UNC was celebrating a quad three win like this, you know, back before the season started, I don't think, I don't think we would have thought Tar Heel fans would be having the season that they may have expected before the season. But uh, anyways, good, you know, good to see them celebrate a quad three win that strongly. Good for them. Let's see if they can take the show on the road. They'll get the Blue Devils on Saturday. Let's see if they can stay undefeated at home when Kay and Paolo Bancaro come to town. But on the NC State end, I mean, you look at Syracuse. NC State, historically under Kevin Keats, has matched up very well under Syracuse. I'd expect NC State to come back and play a competitive game against Syracuse. Might even win. I mean, to me, it's just about NC State competing. What I want to see from here. And really what will tell the tale of the story is how NC State responds from this moment. It's clearly the low point of the season. Uh, it's the only the second time they've really been blown out or out- outclassed in an ACC game. The only other time being Duke. Everyone knew that NC State was not in the same, same class as, as Duke this year. And really they're not in the same class as UNC either. Uh, NC State didn't have an athletic advantage over UNC, but... Uh, you know, clearly, we all have Twitter accounts. Kevin Keats on the hot seat. Fans aren't happy about it, but you know. I would dispute that. I don't. I don't. I don't think he's on the. I think he's on the Twitter hot seat. I don't think he's on yeah. the real hot seat. Right, right. But there you what, go. That's better way to put it. But but what I but what I, where I was getting with that is if you take yourself out of the emotions of the season, I think Kevin Keats to me has exceeded my expectations this year. I didn't think NC State would be where it is today. I didn't think it would be as competitive as it has been in ACC play. I think we're going to learn a lot in February because NC State's going to have a lot of fair fights ahead of it. Not not so much on the first half of this ACC schedule. So, you know, my, my advice is just be, just let the season play out before, before we have the Kevin Keats conversation. Because... Because certainly, you know, it's been five years. It's it's fair to have the conversation, but let let the season play out. You know, if Keats can finish out this stretch, what is NC State right now? Three and seven, three and eight in ACC play. Three and seven. Three and eight. Three and eight. Okay. Well, they've got nine games remaining. Can they win? Can they go five and four in that stretch? You, you finish eight and twelve in the ACC. I know it's a down year, but it's still a respectable record to finish the year off with. Um, you know, and, and, and they'll have an opportunity to go to Brooklyn and see what they can do in the ACC tournament. Just just let the season play out. You've got a lot of promise with Terquavion Smith, freshman. Obviously, you know, had a great scoring total, 34 points. Some of that's because he's just started chucking up threes when NC State fell behind double digits. But you've got, the, you've got some small pieces of positivity with Sebron. Helms has been showing up more recently. Terquavion Smith is a great young piece that you have. And you know, if you can if you can find a way to bring these guys back, NC State has the nucleus of what could be a pretty sharp team in the ACC next year. I know that's not what we want to hear in February, but just my thoughts. We'll, we'll have a more basketball centric podcast here coming up soon. Let's see what NC State can do in these next couple games. But uh, that's gonna wrap up this podcast. Unless Matt Carter has anything to add, he's he's given. I would, let's not forget it wasn't a total loss in Chapel Hill this weekend. NC State women did complete the sweep of UNC during the regular season. Uh, so you got uh, football team beat UNC, the women team swept UNC rather uh, convincingly. So baseball team swept swept UNC. Last year during the regular season, let's see if they can do it again 
Vitian, Wally, and uh, yeah, it's still a lot of positive to celebrate over UNC. I'm sure Westland will make it like the 30th win in a row against UNC. I mean, it's not like that, but they won a lot in a row against UNC. So, um, so focus on the positives if you want to think about the rivalry. I'm glad you brought that up, Matt. That's that is a proper kicker for this show. We can't end on a sour note talking about the the men's basketball loss to UNC. We have to end on the positive note. If you missed it on Sunday, I was watching NFL football hand up. I wasn't watching the game, but I had all the faith in the world in the Wolfpack women to take care of business in Carmichael in that small that little teeny tiny arena up in Chapel Hill, Carmichael Arena. Um, you know, saw some a lot pictures. of red there. Yeah, saw a lot of red, Matt, and I saw some pictures of the crowd at Carmichael. I was surprised. I thought I thought it was I thought it would be easy to sell out Carmichael Arena for a rival for a rivalry game. Um, you know, clearly Banghart has that program buzzing um, with with the sellout crowd. I don't think UNC had a sellout crowd, but. Um, shout out to the NC State fans that made the trip. Looks like it was at minimum 50-50 red to blue in Carmichael, and that's a ranked UNC team, pretty sure. So, was, uh, was. They just, they just got dropped out of the rankings. Oh, because of the loss? Well, they fell out last week for the ah. first time. So. Okay, okay. Well, solid. still a solid uh, quad one win for NC State, building that resume. They're, they're smooth sailing towards a one seed, so... Uh, We'll just keep checking up on the Wolfpack women. We'll talk more about them in March because there's going to be we'll, we'll be talking about them longer than we talk about the men this year. But <laughs> anyways, that's going to do it for this episode. Um, quick reminders before you log off here. Subscribe, rate, and review this podcast wherever you listen to us. We're on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, everywhere you listen to podcasts. Plus, you can always watch us on our YouTube channel. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel while you're at it. Uh, and give this video a thumbs up. Drop a comment if, uh, if you don't mind as well. Uh, go over to thewolfpacker.com take advantage of a special deal that the On3 network has going on right now for just a dollar you can get a year's worth of premium subscription to all the great work over at thewolfpacker.com get your latest and greatest information news, recruiting information all that good stuff over at thewolfpacker.com and it's a great deal it's a dollar for a year's worth of, of, of great information so go take advantage of it now and uh, follow us on social media. You can follow our main account at the Wolfpacker on Twitter. You can follow me personally at Justin H. Will on Twitter. And give us a like on Facebook, NC State Wolfpack on thewolfpacker.com. So for Matt Carter, this is Justin Williams, and this has been the Wolfpacker Podcast. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.